Serving the people of the Hudson Valley, St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital proudly presents another edition of Doc Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. If you or one of your close relatives has been diagnosed with breast cancer, you may have concerns about whether breast cancer runs in your family. My guest today is Dr. Umangi Patel. She's the medical director of St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital's Oncology Services. So Dr. Patel, when we talk about risk for breast cancer and women hear various risk factors, speak a little bit about the specific genetic predisposition and what role inherited trait plays in developing breast cancer. So the good news is that majority of the breast cancers are not considered genetic uh, or inherited uh, cancers. Close to 70% of the women, unfortunately, when they get breast cancer, are actually not due to inherited causes. However, about 10% of the breast cancers are due to inherited causes, after, and especially the genetic mutation. The most common ones that we know are BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes that are mutated. And as such, these mutations, as I pointed out, are rare and occur in 1 in 400 people. But there are other uncommon mutations as well can cause breast cancer and can be seen in families, such as PT10, ATM, CHAP2 mutations. So there are other mutations also that are described are associated with genetic causes for the breast cancer. People have heard the word BRCA, the BRCA1, BRCA2 genes. So speak about those genes specifically and do does everybody have them? Because this is something people say, oh, I have the BRCA gene, but really everybody has them, correct? And it's just a mutation that you would have that would determine whether you were at risk for breast cancer. That is correct. We all have BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. However, when these genes are mutated, then the cell growth is altered and then these patients can develop cancer. So patients who have BRCA1 and BRCA2 mutation are at much higher risk especially with BRCA1 mutation, up to 80% in lifetime patient can get the breast cancer. And with BRCA2, it's a little bit less, but still it is significantly higher risk of developing breast cancer over the period of life. And hence, these women should be monitored completely differently by their physicians and they have to undergo. No, so then these women should be properly evaluated by the genetic counselor and should be followed by a gynecologist and or a medical oncologist for risk reduction strategies. What other cancers have been linked to mutations in the BRCA1 and 2 genes? The other cancers that are also linked with these are ovarian cancer, pancreatic cancer, and even prostate cancer. So these gene mutations can occur in male or female and can be transmitted to male or female children. And because this is autosomal dominant, it can be transmitted. There is one in, you know, two chance, meaning 50% chance to inherit this, either from your father's side or from your mother's side. So now we have to talk about testing, Dr. Patel. Who should get tested for this genetic mutation? Who who should consider this? And And then the big question is, you get tested, what do you do with the information? So speak about who should get tested first, and then we'll get into what you do once you find out the results. So when we discuss who should get tested, any young patient younger than age 40, when diagnosed to have breast cancer, 
should be so early onset of breast cancer those patients should be tested any patient who has family member with cancer of the ovary or fallopian tube those patients should be tested anybody who has a personal history of bilateral breast cancer should be tested anybody who has personal history of breast and ovarian cancer should be tested anybody who has one family member that is male breast cancer should be tested if there are multiple family members with pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer at younger age should be tested any known mutation in the family and a family history that is already known then those family members should be tested also if there are more than one first and second degree relatives are affected with breast cancer then those all patients should be tested patients who are diagnosed to have triple negative breast cancer younger than 60 should be tested so there are specific guidelines for who should be tested and if you meet those specific guidelines then insurance companies generally pay for these testing so there are certain practical aspects to genetic testing genetic counseling evaluation of the person's emotional status preferences family histories so testing alone doesn't really give sufficiently complete picture right for no, a life altering decision that somebody might make on a prophylactic mastectomy for example so what do you want people to know about the genetic testing itself and what should what should they think about dr patel when they're considering taking this test so clearly as you pointed out that this is quite emotionally charged situation for patient and the family members so genetic counseling therefore is very essential to understand the ramifications of finding out the test results or even going through the testing one is that who should be tested two is that would this be covered by insurance company three is if you have found out that yes you want to go through this testing and if it is positive what can be done to reduce the chance or to prevent it from happening sometimes there is insurance health insurance coverage job future of the patient herself in terms of their you know their younger women their dating life their marriage their uh, family life uh, procreation all of that gets affected to some extent uh, and also uh, surgeries that they have to go through if they consider prophylactic mastectomy uh, the guilt trip also let's say if there are three children in the family and two are affected and one is not affected so that also creates a little family dynamic uh, employment health insurance all of those could be potentially be affected uh, certainly one does not qualify for life insurance once they are found out that they have genetic uh, mutations so all of those are certainly important factors that needs to be discussed with the patient beforehand so that they can make an informed decision you mentioned life insurance so is there any sort of non disclosure act or insurance discrimination going on today if somebody is found to have a mutation of the BRCA1 or 2 genes is that going to preclude them from getting life insurance i think that that would be the case uh, although this is like a more of a life insurance and disability insurance and long term insurance there are no federal protections in place to prevent these companies from using genetic test results to deny coverage or increase premiums uh, unlike genetic information non disclosure act of 2008 where federal law 
that are prohibiting the use of genetic test results as pre-existing conditions for health insurance coverage for the company. That oh, so that was for health insurance, but not life insurance. That's correct. However, if you have a pre-existing policy prior to testing, then they are most likely to be protected. Hmm, that's such an interesting point. So wrap up this whole genetic testing for us, Dr. Patel, because if a woman does get tested, then they have to consider whether they're going to do something, a life-altering surgery, or or be monitored very closely. What do you want women to know about getting tested, about what to do with these results, and who they should discuss these many, many questions with? Yeah. They first need to understand what are the benefits of genetic testing. It certainly ends the uncertainty. It clarifies the cancer risk for an individual person. It clarifies the risk for the relative. It helps in medical decision making and to some extent relieves the anxiety. So the negative test results could be falsely reassuring. As I mentioned that about 70% of the breast cancers occur without even having genetic mutations. So one should not think that, oh, I am negative, therefore I don't need to worry. Now, once you are identified that you have, unfortunately, the mutation, then there are specific guidelines such as self-breast exams to be done starting age 18, breast exams to be done by physicians starting age 55 on an every six-month basis, a mammogram alternating with breast MRI starting age 25, thus some form of breast imaging happens every six months mammogram once a year, happens in June, let's say, and then December would be MRI. So every six months, some form of imaging is done for your breast. Then some patients who have already completed childbearing, they can undergo salpingo oophorectomy, meaning they remove the ovaries and remove the tube. So the removal of the ovaries reduces the formation of hormones that are hormone-driven cancer, which is breast cancer is hormone-driven cancer. So it is a risk-reducing strategy, both for reduction of the cancer of the ovary and breast. And also, the other thing one can consider is to bilateral mastectomy. While it is pretty significant uh, deforming, so to speak, uh, surgery in for a patient, they can undergo bilateral reconstruction as well. But re- reducing the risk of development of the breast cancer, one of the strategies would be to do mastectomy bilaterally, meaning of both breasts, or chemo prevention with use of tamoxifen or with use of raloxifen, one can reduce the risk, although that risk reduction is close to 50% and does not make it zero. Even mastectomy may not make it zero, but it reduces the risk significantly. It's such good information, Dr. Patel. Thank you so much for clearing up some of the confusion surrounding genetic testing and breast cancer. If you have questions about genetic testing for breast cancer, speak with your physician. Or for more information, you can visit stlukescornwallhospital.org. That's stlukescornwallhospital.org. This is Doc Talk, presented by St. Luke's Cornwall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.